Hi, welcome to Love Faith Talkers. We are here to talk about the topics that matter to real life Christians just like you. Topics like anxiety, fitness, loneliness in church, Christians in the workplace, depression, and even food. We interview psychologists, preachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and people just like you. We're here to help you find the hope, inspiration, and courage you need to live your life the way God intends. As an empowered, thriving Christian. Well, welcome back, everybody. And thank you for joining Nikki and me here on Love Faith Tacos. We hope you had a good holiday season. I I enjoyed the Christmas season. How about you, babe? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. Oh, lots of stuff. Right. Okay, so I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you this. What? Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, no. What would you say was your most useful present you got? Not your favorite, most useful. See, this way. Oh, you're trying to remember everything I got. Can you show me a picture to prompt me? No. <laughs> um, I can tell you mine. Okay, yeah, you go first, and then I can think about it. I had time to think about it. Um, It was definitely the heated vest, because when it drops down into, like, the 30s and 20s, I'm going to be really happy to have that thing. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous, and I enjoyed wearing it, too, (laughs) for, like, half a day. The Um, the battery lasted. For me, I I really can't remember everything I got. It was all useful. I know, but that's why I can't remember it. That's okay. If you think of it, you can bring it up. I late. know the lighted mirror is pretty cool. I think that's awesome. And I do use that on a daily basis so far. So basically it's a makeup mirror for those of you who don't know where it has like different settings that I can change. So it's like what, like bright light, natural light. And so when I'm doing my makeup, you know, sometimes if you do your makeup in a room, that's not the great it doesn't have the greatest lighting then you go out into the real world and you're like ah because <laughs> that's <laughs> happened to me a couple times in the car so that was a pretty cool gift um and i'm trying to look through pictures and find what i got because i can't remember everything i would probably I agree with you i think that's probably your most you've used it more than anything at least that i can think of yeah i mean practically speaking yeah. I think I use that daily so well, far. That's what we were saying. Your most useful gift. Yeah. So I, I think that qualifies. For but, sure. But yeah, so hopefully you all had a good holiday season. Of course, we took the week off because Christmas happened over the weekend and that's when we normally record. So we took the weekend off so we could celebrate Christmas, be with each other as family, go to church on Sunday and just relax. Something that needs to happen. So hopefully you had a great time. Uh, as we mentioned, if you listen to Moments in the Bible, we previewed this for you, and we talked about it in our little promo trailer between that today we're going to be talking about dealing with hurt around the holidays. I mean, realistically, this is a big deal. Um, maybe not if you haven't had this impact you directly, but I think it's only a matter of time before it does impact you. Because realistically, there's a lot of things that can and do go wrong around the holiday season. And there's a lot of different types of hurt. Um, I mean, just think about illnesses. Who likes to be sick around the holidays? And especially if it's bad enough that you have hospitalizations or, you know, things like that. Or right now, if you have to quarantine from people. I mean, don't you have like a lot of people that you know who are sick right now? Um, yeah, I mean, with the COVID thing. A lot of people are at least quarantining. Um, yeah. And like we know people that were... Some people have the flu that I know. 
Um, it is flu season. Yeah, so there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, and it seems like daily there's something on our Facebook of someone who's seriously hospitalized. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, so I mean, there's there's illness. And then, of course, there's the really obvious one of death. Um, I think that from what I've seen, a lot of people tend to die around the holidays because they try to hang on to make it to Christmas or to make it through the new year. It's very common for people to die this time of year. I mean, my mom's dad died on December 24th. And that was rough, like having to open and return all his presents. Uh, my father died on January 1st. And I mean, look, I mean, I you were there. I just had like a little meltdown uh, on New Year's Eve. You didn't even know what was going on. I'm like tapping the back of your shoulder and you're going, what? What? Yeah. So we're like um, in the kitchen and I think we were putting together a really yummy snack plate. Mm. and everything was was great and we were listening to good music and we had the lights off and i bought these really cool light up balloon things um they're pretty cool which basically you just blow them up and tie them and then they they're full of different colors so there's like a red one and that lights up red they're pretty cool even our dogs like them um but yeah so we were in the kitchen and then all of a sudden i (laughs) i feel your hand on my back and i'm like oh he wants a hug you know like i'm thinking Oh, it's going to be a romantic hug because it's, you know, New Year's or whatever. And then it was just like crying. And then I'm like, you were asking like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't even get it out for a while. (laughs) Uh, And I mean, I was listening to Old Lang Syne by Leah Michelle, which, by the way, is my favorite rendition of that song. If you've never heard it, you need to go listen to it. And I probably listened to that five or six times over the course of that day and was fine. But just that one time, for some reason, it hit me. And I was thinking about my dad and I was just like losing it. It probably took me a good full minute to two minute of hugging you before I finally was able to get out. I think I just said my dad. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. And I don't think that I think when that happened too, I don't actually think I said anything. I think Mm -hmm. I just hugged you Mm -hmm. um, because honestly, there's not really much you can say in moments like that. It's. No, just experiencing those emotions, which I think we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we will. And I mean, the thing is, that's not recent. That's three years ago. And it still was affecting me like that. I mean, we literally just came from the funeral of someone who died. Just happened. Um, and, And there have been several other people that we know who died around the holidays. I mean, we live in the Charlotte area and we saw on the news that this mother, this police officer who's a mother, she just went back to work from maternity leave and then she got killed by a semi-driver who, best of my understanding, um, failed to slow down, pull over, collided with another semi and they ended up hitting and killing her. And so, yeah, um, you got the death around the holidays or even... Even death leading up to the holidays. It doesn't have to necessarily be death right around them. I mean, you kind of have that. Yeah, I think that for me, I thankfully haven't had anybody pass away on holidays. Well, not on like Thanksgiving or Christmas, but I have had my grandpa who passed away. It was in October. And so that, even though it wasn't necessarily around the holidays, it was leading up to the holidays. So then, of course, you have that first, you know, Thanksgiving, which was like a month after he died. And then Christmas. So that can be really rough, too. Um, Just even if it's not around the holidays, but just throughout the year, you know, having those first holidays without just the first one without them being there. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you've got the illness, you've got death, and then there's other kinds of separations and difficulties too. I mean, think about breakups. We were eating at a restaurant. It was a Mexican restaurant because... Because I love guac. Yeah, and they have really good guac at this place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was probably going to be Mexican. It's Mexican or Greek with us, usually. (laughs) But we were sitting in there, and and you noticed... Yeah, so I was sitting um, across from you, and I see this girl who works there, and she was over at like the cash register and I thought I saw her crying but I couldn't tell because she had her head down and she was really far away and of course I don't just want to assume that she's crying I'm like maybe she has something in her eye or something like that but when she got up I she was actually coming toward our way and I saw I saw her kind of wipe her cheeks and I told you I was like oh I think she's I think she might be crying and then when she got over to her table she seemed a little um, distraught, but trying to conceal it a little bit, you know, because yep. she's at work and I'm sure she's not supposed to be crying at work. Um, and I asked her, I remember just asking her, I'm like, are you okay? And when I said that, she just started bawling. Yeah. And, and then she like, she kind of didn't want to continue. And I think I was like, seriously, are you okay? Yeah. And then she ended up telling us what was going on, but basically her boyfriend had cheated on her and the night before, I believe, and then they um, broke up and she didn't have family here. So she was going to be alone on Christmas. I think this was, was this Christmas? This was Christmas Christmas Eve, I think. And I mean, she lived, she drove quite a ways to get to this restaurant and we were further away. Definitely wasn't practical to have her come to our place, but that was hard. Yeah. Uh, Just the idea of being alone on a holiday is a really rough situation. And then you've got, you got divorces that you deal with that, even coming up to the holiday around it. You know, it's hard on the spouses themselves. Everyone always thinks about the kids and we will talk about the kids, but I mean, there was another person right there that you were buying gifts for. And then what do you do? You know, oh, so-and-so would like this. Well, I'm not buying it for them. Or, or should I? Or just even helping buy the gifts. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so it's hard on the spouses. And then as we mentioned, it's hard on the kids. Um, and then think about this. What about new step-parents? The, the, the issues they have with the kids, the kids with the step-parents, the parents with each other. I mean... You can talk to that better than I can. Yeah, I think it's just a lot overall um, for everybody. I mean, I come from a blended family and I remember holidays, you know, trying to decide who gets which holiday. And then, you know, that kind of messes up the kids routine of or even their traditions that they're used to having at one person, one parent's house versus the other parent and you know trying to I don't know just work through all that and make sure everybody's happy and feels comfortable around the holidays and I'm sure it's hard for the step parent as well trying to make sure that the kid is comfortable and the spouse is okay and you know it's just hard all around yeah and then you talk about the juggling just think about like even military families how you got Mm -hmm. someone deployed and having to figure all that out and just being gone during that time and they're not coming home and it, and it could be dangerous. I mean, it's one thing if they're stationed in someplace like Germany, um, 
you know, at least you have a decent expectation that they're safe. But if they're, you know, in Iraq or someplace like that or in a hot zone, it's that's rough. Um, and that's probably one that a lot of people think about, you know, the military separations. And you got people that just have to work, too. Uh, I have kind of had a lot of work experience in a lot of different fields. And I actually had one that took me out over a holiday one time. Why don't you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, which, so I believe it was our first year we were married. Very first year. And we had gotten married in September. And this was December, right? Because it was New Year's Eve. And you had to work at the hotel. Right. I think it was like an overnight thing or something like that. Um, um, this one wasn't overnight, I don't think, but it was a late shift. So I wouldn't be getting home in time to celebrate midnight with you. Yeah, and I'm the kind of person who's like... 10, 10, 30, I'm usually asleep. Although I did really good this last yes, year. I was awake past midnight. I'm yeah. really proud of myself. Um, and some years I do stay awake and other years, you know, yeah, it's a losing battle. But um, yeah, I remember that being really hard because I come from a family where every holiday is a really big deal, you know, but especially the end of the year one. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Eve, those are all pretty big holidays. And it was my first time being away from my family in the sense that I was married, um, not necessarily with a step parent or yeah. anything like that. And I don't that. think so, our family or church was doing anything. No, either. they weren't. And I didn't have any friends yet yeah. because we were in a different area. No watching Sheffy for you. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it was, it was really hard for me. I don't even think I had a dog at the time. So mm -hmm. I was literally by myself. And I remember just being in the kitchen and crying because I had such a hard time with it. Well, just and I know that I really there. appreciated that you were clear telling me this is not going to work. I was pretty clear about that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you communicated that with me. <laughs> and then we also have our first responders. So our firefighters, our police officers. Um, and they're the ones, you know, who are out there for us, yep. literally missing that time with their family. I'm sure it's super hard on their kids not being able to have those special occasions. We also have our nurses, right? Uh -huh. um, doctors, you know, in the hospital setting, the ERs. I mean, there's been a few times we've actually needed those services yep. during holidays. And I'm really grateful that, you know, they sacrificed that time to be there. But it's super hard on them, I'm sure, missing yeah. that spe those special occasions with their loved ones. And I'm sure it's hard on the families, too. Yep. Every single time. Um, yeah, you're right. We have had several times in the ER. And there were so many for a while. I actually saw, we use this app called Time Hop. And uh, on January 1st, I actually saw one that said, yay, we made it through a year without going to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we really appreciate all of those kind of people too. And I also think that when you think of people who can't be there, one of the most natural people to talk about are kids who go away to college, you know, who've moved away or just, even if they didn't go to college, they just moved. And I mean, I think the very first thing you've got to get settled is that there are some holidays that you just aren't going to be celebrating with them. Unfortunately, like that's just reality. Uh, I literally was never home one time for Thanksgiving the entire six years I was gone away at Bible college and seminary. And you were in college in Indiana and yeah, your family lived in California. And so that's a really big distance. 
Right. And I will say this. I mean, I kind of told my mom that right up front. I'm like, mom, I will try to get home as often as I can. And my mom just kind of went, nope, you're coming home. I'll pay for your flights. And I said, okay, well, I'm not asking you to do that. And she said, nope, I'm doing it. Yeah, she <laughs> Perks was of being an only child. Perks I think. of being an only child. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, it worked out. I mean, hey, if you can do that, that's an option. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's that's the thing. And actually, I know I'm thinking about it is when you're away for a holiday, that's rough. I mean, there was one Thanksgiving in particular, I almost did not end up at someone's house. Uh, I will say this, the college that I went to, they were really good about making sure that no one was left alone. And uh, there was this, this one year, I don't remember the circumstances because I had gone to these this one family for years and it was super fun. Um, we would always play games and at least they pretended like they like me. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, then another year I had gone to another guy's house and I just don't know if it just was one of those years where no one had confirmed. And I remember I was literally walking back to the dorm after the Thanksgiving service. And I was like, I guess I'm having top ramen for Thanksgiving. And Yum. F- yeah. <laughs> Literally, it has taken me over a decade to be able to eat top ramen without being traumatized. <laughs> um, but fine. Someone actually came in and checked, and they were like, "Hey, where are you going? You can come to our place." And I want to say it was that first family. They were making sure that I had some place to go, and that was such a big deal for me to just have someone do that. It's such a blessing to have that, and. You know, when you're lonely, just have someone care about that. So there, there is that aspect of it. And it, and then it's different from... So that was my situation with college. But then when you get married, there's a whole new set of complications and variables. I mean, let's just take down the expectation that your kid has to be there. I mean, let's just keep it real. Things change, and when you get married, especially in your first year, it's normally one of your hardest financial years. And so if you don't live right there, it might not be feasible Mm -hmm. to be able to monetarily travel for Thanksgiving. Not to mention it's, it's, it's sometimes long. And we drove one time from San Diego to Fresno, and that's normally about a six hour drive, five and a half if you get no obstacles. It took us 11 hours. Yeah, and I get carsick, so just think of how fun of a ride that was for us. (laughs) (laughs) Not as happy of a Thanksgiving as it could have been. (laughs) Like, happy Thanksgiving, and we're just going... (laughs) Yeah, not good. And people have to be allowed to establish their own traditions. They are a new family unit. You know, and that's important to remember because the Bible talks about that, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they shall be one flesh. It's like, hey, they are their own family now. Yes, sure. They're still part of the larger family. They are their own family. They are going to have their own traditions, their own considerations. And you're saying, but I've had my kid here for years. What if they want to go to the other family's house? Okay, you're smiling. I was going to say, being once you're married, you know, you kind of have to divide your time a little bit. So I know it's not as hard for you because you're an only child, but I hate sharing all this time with my (laughs) non-siblings. When you come from a family like me, where like me, well, like mine, where you have seven kids, you know, and every person has either a spouse or 
I guess a significant other in some cases, some have kids, some don't, but everyone, you know, they establish their own traditions and even, um, visiting other spouses, parents, right? Because you kind of have to alternate, especially if they don't live in the same area. It's not like we can all just get together at the same time. It's like, oh, for Thanksgiving, I'm going to see, you know, this family and then, or this side of the family. And then for Christmas, I may see this family or for Christmas Eve, we're going to do it with my parents. And then, I don't know, New Year's, we'll go to your parents' house. So it's a lot of juggling things around. And I think that sometimes there are certain um, expectations, you know, from maybe even both sides to some extent where it's like, oh, we feel pressured that we have to be there for everything. Or maybe there is that expectation that we have to be there for everything. Like that one family? Yeah. I was going to say there is a family that we know that we were actually... Um, kind of in the situation, not really. Like, we were there when it happened, but... It was a very awkward moment. But, yeah, it was... I want to say it was for Christmas Eve, and... It was. Well, it was this, coming up to Christmas this, Eve. This person, this um parent, I'll just say, was on the phone with one of the kids and was trying to make a point to them that they should be there for... Was it Christmas Eve? Yeah, for I Christmas Eve. I believe it Eve. was Christmas Eve, yes. And I couldn't obviously hear what the other person was saying, but from my viewpoint and the person we could hear, it sounded like that the other people were saying they couldn't be there, the kids of that parent. And they I think had they were made going to the other Yeah, they had made other plans. They were going to, I guess, the wife's parents or something like that. And this person got visibly upset. And this is over the phone, right? And we're standing right here, super uncomfortable for us. We're looking at each other like, uh, should we leave? Like, should we keep standing here? But this person got super um, upset and was just saying things like, you're supposed to be here. You promised. This Actually, is you agreed to this. Yeah, like this is our time. Um, and yeah, so, <laughs> so it can get a little uncomfortable and I think that feelings are strong, especially yeah, that time I mean, and I think it depends on to your family traditions sure. and what you guys are used to doing. Right. Like I said, like in my family, it's, I feel like every holiday is kind of a big holiday, yeah. but especially toward the end of the year. But for other people, maybe, you know, Christmas is a bigger deal than Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. vice versa. I don't know. Well, like in my family, Thanksgiving is not that big of a deal. I think because my family's pretty spread out. I mean, where we lived in Fresno, our closest relative was my aunt who lived at least five or six hours away. And then after that, you had another probably six hours to my next nearest relative. And then the other relatives were in Indiana and Michigan. So Thanksgiving was more Friendsgiving with us. And I don't know. It's just the way that it went. And it was... Thanksgiving was not as big a deal. Christmas was a much, much bigger deal. But I mean, even over distances, there are still things that you can do if you want to be together, right? Yeah. I mean, I think with technology that we have today, we can just be a little creative and figure out ways that we can create some memories um, using that technology, right? So I know people who 
have watched movies together with people who are across the United States or even in a different country. That's actually a feature some streaming services are offering now to where they specifically say you can watch the same movie streaming the same time. So instead of having oh, to time yeah. it and going five, four, three, you <laughs> literally can do like a group watch event. That's super cool. Yeah. Although I will say this, if you're going to do like a Zoom or something, please remember the awesome power of the mute button. Please. Especially when there are multiple locations with multiple kids. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out what you meant. I thought you meant for the movie thing. No, no, not for, no. I'm just saying if you do like a <laughs> Zoom call and everyone's on or something like that and you got multiple conference calls and all the adults are going, <laughs> what? What? And the kids are running through the background. I got my toy! Yeah, so that's um, a true story, actually, because we literally just had that experience with my family, my wonderful family. <laughs> um, but... There were several people, I mean, once again, I have a really big family, several people on this call and it was like kids running around, which is awesome to see them running around, right? And get to participate in that way. However, it was super hard to hear what people were saying because it was very echoey and loud. And then it was like, eh, eh, ah, ah, ah. My dad's all trying to talk and I'm like, I've, I, I have no idea what you're saying right now. Can't hear you. <laughs> it reminds me of that commercial. I think it might be from Comcast where they talk about the slow streaming speeds and the mom is on there and she's supposed to be singing a lullaby to her kids that are, I think they're supposed to be at the grandparents, but it's glitching out and her face is oh, looking yeah. all horrifying and the children are crying. That one's hilarious. <laughs> I know. It really is. Um, But yeah, so... There are technological ways is the point. You don't have to just deal. There. I mean, it doesn't just have to be no. super stressful in the sense that, oh, you know, people can't make it because right. we want to respect other people's traditions and, you know, things that they want to do during the holidays, too, and also encourage um, those relationships right. to grow at the same time. Right. And. You know, so we've talked about a lot of different kinds of hurts, and there really are many kinds that we've mentioned. You know, we've talked about death, we've talked about sicknesses, we talk about just distance and people not being there, new relationships. But I think it's important at this point to bring up seasonal affective disorder. Um, this is a real thing. Yes, it does spell out sad. And it's not just about how it's always dark and gloomy, but that does can contribute to it. And so just to help you understand, this is all of this information is from the Mayo Clinic. No, we did not get it off Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, this is the definition of seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression that's related to changes in seasons. SAD begins and ends about the same times every year. If you're like most people with SAD, your symptoms start in the fall and continue into the winter months, sapping your energy and making you feel moody. These symptoms often resolve during the spring and summer months, less often. SAD causes depression in the spring or early summer and resolves during the fall or winter months. So literally what they're saying there is you could have issues that start in the fall and the spring and literally affect you all the way until the following fall and winter. Hmm. And so, yeah, seasonal affective order is a, is a, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's a good idea to learn what the symptoms are. I think you got those. Yeah. So some of the symptoms include feeling listless, listless, sorry, sad or down most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities that you once enjoyed, having low energy and feeling sluggish, having problems with sleeping too much, 
experiencing carbohydrate cravings, overeating and weight gain, having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless or guilty, having thoughts of not wanting to live. Right. It's important to remember that just because you're having trouble with eating doesn't just mean that you're being a holiday fatty. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be. Don't get me wrong. I mean, <laughs> hey, I'm if the one eating. that chose to bring home that giant thing of cookies from Costco. I was going to say. Oh, they were good. I think I only have one left. I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, there's a lot of things on there. And you just need to pay attention to those. And there's possible solutions. Yeah, so some of those include, um, well, first of all, be sure to seek out the services of a competent, licensed professional because of course they're going to know how to best work with you and treat your situation better than we are like we don't really know a lot (laughs) yeah we're reading something (laughs) off of a website yeah um and then there's also i did a little reading on this and physical exercise seems to help and i think it specifically mentioned aerobic exercise like for 20 to 30 minutes you know five times a week and then getting out into the sunlight i think that there's um there was also mention about like low vitamin D possibly oh, being yeah. Well, that makes sense. There's less sunlight. And, yeah. So like if you're able to get outdoors and do more stuff in nature, I think that that was said to help. Right. The main thing is, is if you think that you might have some issues with seasonal affective disorder, get yourself some help or at least get assessed. Right. Yeah. You know, just to see if it's something that you need to work with. So, I mean, okay. So we've kind of talked about all of these different types of hurt and maybe you identify with one of those things. Maybe you look at that and you go, Hey, you know, I get exactly what you're talking about. That's me. I'm dealing with this right now. This kind of stuff. What do we do? How can we bring about healing from these different types of things? And I think that one of the most important things we can do, especially when you're dealing with someone who is not there, uh, really focusing specifically on someone who's deceased, this might be a way to help, but you need to plan and do things to include them in your memories. Just because they're not physically there doesn't mean that they can't be there in your memories and in things. So Nikki, you did something really, really sweet for me my first Christmas without my dad. And yes, it made me cry. And when you do things for people like this, they probably are going to cry but it's okay. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But what she did is she had this, I don't know, was this Etsy or something? No, I actually, I don't remember the name of the company, but yeah, I can't remember. So basically <laughs> it's this ornament where she took a picture of my dad and she put it inside this ornament and there was all this nice little like gold. So it was like a confetti. clear, it was a clear ornament with yeah. a picture from one of his Christmases with us, actually. Yes. One of our favorite pictures of him. And then I put he on, so happy. yeah, he did. And I put something on there. I don't remember what I put on there. It I says think it forever was, in our hearts. Yeah. Um, and then I think it had his dates. Yeah, it maybe. might have. But it also had like glitter confetti stuff in it. So it's super festive, Christmassy. And then it had like a red ribbon tied to it. And yeah. It, it's on our tree. It's we on our tree it up right every now. Year. I also have one for, I actually got the idea because... Uh, when you were working at, what was the name of the funeral place that you were working at? Dignity and, Memorial. Yeah, Dignity Memorial. Dig, well, I can't even say. Dignity Memorial in Fresno. Um, they did something to where they had all the people who basically had lost a loved one. And it didn't have to be like necessarily within that year. No, no. But they were invited to come and um, do like a, kind of like a memorial type service. 
um, where we just like gave paid tribute to them. And then they made us ornaments. Like you just had to fill out this form and they made these ornaments. And I thought it was super cool because I didn't really have anything for my grandpa to put like on the tree or anything like that. And, um, it was just super special for me. Um, so I got that from that idea that I did for you. I actually got from them. And that's on our tree too. Yeah. Which is super cool. So now at Christmas we have my ornament for my grandpa and then we have my ornament for my dad. Yeah. And it's just, it's super nice just to have them, you know, hanging on the tree, remembering them. And it's kind of like they're there. And I mean, another thing that we decided we're going to do this next year, because I don't know if y'all noticed, but Christmas is over. Uh, But we've had the idea that what we're going to do is we're going to get a train set to go around the tree next year. This will be fun keeping our dogs off those. I know. But my dad loved model trains. I mean, he loved model trains. Half of our garage when I was growing (laughs) up was a model train layout. Dad was very good at it. So we're going to have a little train. And that's a way that I can pay tribute uh, to dad and kind of make him part part of our holiday celebration. Uh, so that's something you can do too. Uh, another thing we brought up is you can always make their favorite food, assuming their favorite foods are not completely disgusting. Right. Well, <laughs> I made for Thanksgiving, and this actually wasn't super intentional. Um, I made my grandpa's cheesecake, right? And it's like a family oh, recipe. So he was actually really well known for that at our church. Um, he would actually like, give them out as prizes like it was that good of a cheesecake but it was kind of cool because I have I'm gluten intolerant and so I had to figure out a way to make it gluten free which amazingly I did um but it was cool because I was able to have that memory there and I you know I only had a really small piece hey I enjoyed (laughs) his memory the cheesecake was good that really was so you can make some kind of food, something that they liked or that they were known for that kind of, you know, helps remind you of them. Because especially if it was something you had to eat every year, yeah. you know, you knew that it was coming up so you could make that. Uh, you can also get a picture made. This was actually your idea. Uh, I liked that. I don't know the pers- that particularly we will do this one. I think we got a lot of good things going and my dad's pictures in that ornament. But I know that there are people that will get a picture and they'll put it like in this nice little area by the tree. Yeah. Um. Or at the table, even. Yeah, some people like leave an empty spot at the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put the I've there. also seen, and I, I thought of doing this for your mom, but I, it's so hard when you're trying to figure out what to do for someone who's just lost someone close to them. Because yeah. my thing was, I obviously want to do something special um, as a tribute. And like, so they, you know, she had that memory and you had that memory. But... I also didn't want to destroy the holiday and make it to where it was like worse. And right. initially I wanted to do a, I saw this idea about a blanket with like pictures mm-hmm. and we still might do that at some point. Yeah. Who knows? But I ended up not doing it just because I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that would be a good idea or not when well, we talked about it. You do want to think so. about the time factor involved. Sometimes it is too much too soon. And it's helpful to wait a little while. And I really don't think there's a right answer for that. You kind of have to feel it out. Some people are going to want more right then. Yeah, it's individualized. And I think for you, it was easier for me to decide that because I, obviously I live with you and I know you like super well. But for her, I was a little unsure. So I decided to wait just to wait on that. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's an example of something you can do. Mom, if you hear this, it could be coming. Feel free to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I mean, there's a lot of things you can you can do with that. But, you know, part of what she was saying there is that it's probably going to trigger an emotional response. When she gave me that ornament, I, I cried. And I, that's normal. This is really important. So please listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Let the emotions happen. This is very, very important. Um, one of the things that the study of trauma has learned, which I've taken trauma training. Um, I just need to take the test. You've taken the test. Uh, Nikki is a certified clinical trauma specialist in the individual setting. And one of the things that we've learned about trauma is that trauma occurs when we don't allow the emotions to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually very, very interesting. Uh, we got our training through the Trauma Institute of Arizona, I think is what it's called. And basically what happens is uh, in a trauma, your body tries to process things emotionally instead of um, cognitively. And when that happens, if we try to suppress the emotions, the body has no way to actually process it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this isn't Christmas related, but I think people could probably remember a few years ago, there was that big movie came out. Angelina Jolie directed it. It was called uh, Undefeated. It was about Louis Zamperini. And he was the, I want to say he was a sailor. And their ship was destroyed uh, by the... Japanese Navy and they were stranded at sea and they barely made it. And then they were taken captive and they were in this prisoner of war camp and it was really, really horrific. And then they get rescued. And Louis Zamperini was kind of, I don't know. He was his fighting spirit and the way he refused to give in. There's this really emotional part of the movie. Again, this is a true story where this guard was trying to break him and he wouldn't do it. And he was like pushing this beam up over his head anyway, even though they were trying to get him to stop. But the point is that the United States military brought him back and kind of put him front and center stage. So he had to talk about what had happened to him. And as a result of that, he himself did not ever really develop post-traumatic stress. Certainly not post-traumatic stress disorder, um, which are not the same thing, by the way. But it was because he was forced to confront it. He didn't try to suppress it. It was there and he had to he had to have it. So, hey, take that over into the holiday setting. And the same thing is true. You say it makes me feel like crying. You know what? Have a good it's okay cry. okay to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Cry, whatever, you know. It's it's not wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> there's not like some decorum's guide. It's not written in the Bible Actually, anywhere. Interesting that you say that because I was just listening to that Steve Furtick message last night. Remember when I was cleaning and you came in the kitchen and you're like, oh, I didn't want to bother you because I had his message playing. Oh, yeah. And he actually talks about crying and how like a lot of Christians tend to suppress that, right? He didn't yeah. use those words, but basically what he's saying. And it's interesting because he said, we have to remember that Jesus wept. The Bible is very clear that Jesus wept. That's and so when he said that, I was thinking, wow, like that's kind of like, you know, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, then why don't we do those things? You know, why don't we allow ourselves to do that when Jesus did it? Why are we not doing that? Hey, you, know you know what? Our pastor <laughs> cries a little bit. I mean, he doesn't like lose it. He like chokes like, up. He chokes but... at least every week. It's okay to cry. You just being like Jesus. It's okay. Uh, but so yeah, everyone can deal with that. And everyone deals and processes with emotions their own way. Maybe it makes you feel angry. Yeah. You know, because there's different circumstances under which someone uh, dies. You know, maybe it was a car accident. It was preventable or something like that. And it makes you feel angry. So be angry a little. 
It's okay. Experience those emotions, process them, let them happen. It is through the experiencing those emotions that you're able to accept it uh, mentally and emotionally, cognitively, so that you can process it. Well, and even physically, right? Because right. part of the issue is that we tense our muscles right. when we're yeah. suppressing. And, and, and seriously, you're not, quote unquote, letting it go. You're not letting them go. You are processing it. It is becoming part of the memory process to where it doesn't have this overarching, what am I trying to say here? Um, suppressing, controlling, um, just holding you back kind of emotional state. Um, and when you keep holding it back and holding it back, you will burst at some point. It's all going to come out. Well, it overflows. Right. You can only hold it in so much. And of course, it could really come at a particularly embarrassing moment too, depending on what happens. I mean, like yeah. I said, I was just like getting food out of the refrigerator <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm just over here losing it and crying and I'm like touching you on the back, trying to get your attention. And you're like, Oh, what, what is it? What is it? And I'm just touching you because I couldn't do anything else. And then finally you turn around and I'm like, <laughs> 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 you know, it's going to come out, let it come out, process the emotions that you have. Um, and even with that, you know, I was mentioning that I was listening to a song. Another thing that you can do, because you, the main point is this. You don't want your holidays to become an aversive time. That's the whole point of this. It's dealing with hurt during the holiday season. So one of the things you can do is actively pursue the hope of the season. Um, we, don't, we don't make any bones about this. Nikki and I do not like Halloween at all. We, we just, we hate it. No, this is not a particularly religious thing for no. us. We just literally don't like it. We don't I like just the, don't like scary. The dark, stuff. the death. Uh, it's so oppressive. But I will say that we love the transition from Halloween into the holiday season because it goes from dark, dark, dark to lights. Yes. Uh, Christmas lights is one of my favorite things. And actually one of my favorite things to do at Christmas is to turn off all the main lights only have on Christmas lights and have like really soft Christmas music playing like uh, some of the softer stuff by Mannheim Steamroller. Uh, they're still knocked and um, I don't know. Basically, it's a holy night and silent night and they're really pretty and songs like that. Christmas music almost more than any other time of the year's music is infused with hope. Let it happen. Uh, ex experience that and you know by the way a good song to listen to is Francesca Battistelli's song uh, Behold Him it is so powerful because they talk about how you know hey there's a stocking that's not there anymore and just dealing with that processing it let the music heal you the Bible talks about how God gives us songs in the night uh, when we're hurting he gives us things and Christmas songs are so full of hope yeah, and we I listen to Behold Him year round. It's not it's true specifically just a Christmas song to me, but yeah, you know, throughout. Take it, yeah, take that and use that to infuse you with hope. And by the way, embrace the living. You know, a lot of what we've been talking about is about how you don't have to necessarily let go of the people that are gone, um, but at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice the people who are still alive. And have them suffer. I mean, I'm very glad that you were there to give me a hug while I was sobbing <laughs> in the kitchen. But the point is that I would be doing a disservice to myself and to my family if that was all I did. And I'm not over here taking the time to love my wife and be with her and really embrace her. She's still alive. 
And create those memories with the people who are alive. Yes, right? create new memories. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and like fun activities. Like, wh- babe, what do you like to do? Like in general? Or do you? For Christmas time. <laughs> what do you like to do at Christmas time? That was a very uh, vague question. Yeah. Um, I like to go shopping. And I know you don't really. No. I know that you do that with me because you love me. But I like, so I actually like to do um, Black Friday shopping and I like to do Christmas shopping, even though there's lots of people, but that's fun for me. And I like not so much like the waiting in line part, but be, just being around like the hustle and bustle. I like that because to me, I feel like there's so many people out there getting gifts for people. And actually, I think I mentioned that to you when we were at Walmart the other day few weeks back and I was like look at that guy he it was some man with like his two kids probably like four and five year olds and they were using the self-checkout and I told David I told you I was like look how happy he looks like he was getting a um like a uh what is it called like the foot bath massage thing yeah um pedicure thing and he was scanning it and he just looked so happy and I'm like yeah his his woman's gonna be like so happy about that (laughs) hey it really is more blessed to give than to receive yeah, so I think that's probably my favorite thing with the right. holidays. Overall. And I mean, and we've done things like we go look at Christmas lights. You can go to church plays. If you happen to live somewhere where there's enough snow, have snowball fights, make snowmen. Build do gingerbread houses. Build gingerbread <laughs> houses. Yeah, do things with the people who are still with you. And enjoy that. Embrace it. Embrace them. It is in embracing them that we're able to truly honor the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of hope. And that way we can take the people who have lost and incorporate that into our current Christmas environment and our current Thanksgiving environment. So that way it's not a huge downer. However, having said that, this is very, very important. Seriously, if it's just too much to where you feel like you can't function Get some help. Get some therapy. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that more than anything in America, we have got to destigmatize yeah. getting help for mental and emotional issues. Uh, and Christians especially, like, hear me out on this. I know we kind of mentioned this before during uh, our first episode when we were talking about anxiety. Look, God has given people talent in the physical field when you're sick to go help you, right? There's medicine to help you. There are plenty of good people out there with a lot of talent who are not looking to subvert your faith who Mm. can help you if you're having emotional and or mental issues, which, by the way, they're not the same thing, though they are related. So seriously, if you need to get some help, get some therapy, get some help, go talk to somebody. Um, And maybe all you need to do is is talk to somebody. It may not even necessarily have to be a mental health professional. Maybe you just need to go talk to your pastor and cry a minute. Or maybe you do need to talk to a licensed therapist. I don't try different things, see what works. I mean, what would you recommend for someone in that situation? Um, well, I think it's individualized. I mean, I think that as somebody who has, you know, seen a professional, a licensed therapist, I think that I tend to err more on that side just because they have right. practical, proven, you know, tools that work. Um, but I'm also not going to downplay seeing a pastor or a pastor's wife because I think that, you know, more often than not, they actually have experienced those same things, you know, and so they may have some experience with that, 
they may just be good at sitting there and just letting you cry too. <laughs> right. Like that's what you said. A good hug yeah. after a long talk and a solid cry can be very therapeutic. Yeah. But I think that um, the therapist can definitely give some practical tools to help right. with those kind of situations if needed. Yeah. You know. So, you know, get some help with that. Look at that. And I know we talked about this earlier, but I just think we should circle back around to talking about blended homes. I mean, realistically, I know that we talk about Christian America and we're all supposed to be coming from homes where there's uh, only been one husband, only been one wife. There's been no divorces. There's never been any remarriages. There is no step siblings, half siblings. Can we just be real? That is more rare than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And while there are still plenty of homes like that, they're not all. You and I are literally the opposite ends of that coin. My mom, my dad. Married once, that was it. No divorce, just me. I and I reap the benefits every Christmas of it being so do just I, me. Yes, you do. <laughs> you probably get less because I get some of yours now. Uh, yeah, but you I getting stuff is kind of like me getting stuff, depending on what it is. Uh, true, true. Or it just makes you happy, which makes me happy. But the point is, is that in in blended homes, you've got to be able to be prepared and think ahead. Um, I really like when we were talking in preparation for this, how, Nikki, you were talking about the way that you plan. And you kind of touched on this earlier about when you're coming up to the holidays. Like, don't wait for the holidays to get there to do this, right? Yeah, well, I'm a really big planner anyway, um, which is sometimes good and sometimes not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, you know, when kids are involved, it's super important to have more structure just because, well, humans tend to... thrive better with structure and just knowing what we're going to be doing. But I think like for kids, like looking back to my childhood where I did come from a divorced family and there were times where it was like, Oh, you're going to go, you know, maybe you're spending Christmas at dad's house. And then the next time it was going to be mom's house. And I remember feeling anxious about it, you know, because I didn't really know what to expect. I lived with my mom. And so when I would go to my dad's house, it was kind of like, I don't know all these people, maybe, you know, extended relatives and different things like that. So I think that just having clear communication about locations, so where Christmas is going to be, maybe, or not just Christmas, but any holiday. Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, New Year's. And then the dates, Like from this time to this time, you're going to be at this person's house. And I think that just overall, just collaborating with the other parent or even the step parents or both, you know, because that's super important because when you come from that um, blended family type dynamic, you're raising kids together. And the goal is about raising those kids, not necessarily who's better or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's about like, how do we help our kids? The kids should not become a pawn in your vindictive exactly. battle. Yeah. And I think that, um, in our family, actually, like we have, you know, I have some siblings who are step parents and I think that they've done a fantastic job with those kind of situations from what I can see, you know, oh, where they have a really great relationship with, um, the other step parent from, you know, the other side and the kids don't seem to feel like, Oh, I like this parent better. or I don't like this parent or, you know, those kind of things that can commonly happen with blended families. So. Right. And I really think that in that particular instance, that kind of brings us to a close. Um, so in summary, really what we want to emphasize is that Christmas is a season of hope. 
and it's something that you need to hold on to. There's so much good music out there this time of year. It's a whole attitude of Thanksgiving and uh, love and just good things and stick with that. Stick with those songs. Stick with those memories. Stick with the hope. Yeah, another thing we discussed is focusing on the living. So ways that we can do that is by embracing the living, the people who are around us, and really focusing on them, creating some fun activities, um, or even new traditions, right, with the people who are here with us so that we can create those memories. And then the last thing was getting help from a licensed professional if we feel that we need that. Um, And it's okay to do that. Even if you're a Christian, it's okay to reach out and seek professional help. Right. And by the way, if you ever are really concerned about it, we are really invested in the idea of Christians getting help from professionals. And if you're ever really concerned about it, feel free to reach out to us and you can say, hey, I'm planning to go see this person. What do you think? We can look them up. Most licensed professionals who are uh, accredited, you can find their information. We can look them up for you. I mean, we can even possibly, if you want to say, hey, they told us this, is this like heretical? We can tell you if it's heretical. It's probably not. We just really want to make sure that you get the help that you need and that the holiday season is something that is enjoyable for you uh, moving forward. So again, thank you for allowing us to have a holiday season. I know we weren't originally planning on taking the Christmas week off, but it worked out that way. We decided we wanted to have the family holiday. That's why we made that little blurb, kind of like a commercial saying, hey, we didn't forget you. We're going to be back next week. We may do that from time to time because, hey, we're a family and we really believe it's important to put family first. And so we'll always give you that, but we'll make sure that we're back following that. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure that you tell a friend. Uh, It's really important that Christians have access to hope and to understand that you don't have to hold it in. You don't have to deal with it. It doesn't have to just be you. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on Love Faith Tacos. Thank you for joining us on Love Faith Tacos. We hope this has been a blessing to you. If it was, we ask that you do three things. Number one, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Number two, please leave us a five-star rating and write a review if you can. And number three, please tell a friend because hope is just too important not to share.